Hello everyone and welcome to Create, stories of students creating their future through hard work, determination, and of course, personalized course curriculums at the University of Montana College of Business. Today we talked with Dr. Eric Guzik, Assistant Clinical Professor of Entrepreneurship at the University of Montana and acting CEO of Patient One, one of the first remote patient monitoring companies in healthcare. We talk about what makes entrepreneurship a challenging topic to teach. We look at the upcoming John Rafato Business Startup Challenge, and we discuss Eric's own journey in starting ventures. This episode is for anyone that loves a good founding story. So just like that, Eric, we are here with the Create Podcast talking business startup challenge, entrepreneurship, and all things Missoula. So welcome. We're really excited to have you. Well, thank you so much. Yes, absolutely. And so for those who might not know, you know, what goes into entrepreneurship and, oh, my, they might be thinking, well, I'm not an entrepreneur. What what would you say to that person who is like, hmm, a class on entrepreneurship? That sounds really interesting, but maybe not for me. How, how would you answer that? The way I like to think about entrepreneurship, it combines creativity with the economy. So when we think about what an entrepreneur is, there's a definition I like quite a bit. To be an entrepreneur is to think differently. So that idea, I may not be an entrepreneur, all of us have the ability to think creatively and to be creative. In fact, if we look at the addition of creativity, the definition of creativity that has been developed in psychology, the one I like, creativity is the ability to generate novel output that has value. So that connects directly to the economy in business. If we can think creatively, come up with a slightly different idea that has value, and value in economics and business means someone finds it valuable. They find it useful enough where they're willing to pay for that good or service that you've thought of. You've done it. You've done that entrepreneurial act. So I like to argue that all of us have the ability to be entrepreneurial because all of us have that ability to be creative. Mm. And oftentimes people think of that creative idea as the next Uber or the next social media platform. Um, I'm guessing it doesn't have to be this involved, this complicated, this grandiose idea. As long as that idea, that product or service is different somehow, that's really all we're looking for in entrepreneurship. The examples I like to use, you may have an idea for cheese popcorn. It may be the idea isn't a different type of cheese popcorn, but you're going to package it a different way. Maybe you come up with a creative name for that cheese popcorn. You might call it smart food. Well, that's your key differentiator. Or maybe you're packaging water in a slightly different way. You're not calling it my water, which you could, but you would call it smart water. So as long as there's some differentiator, there's something that's distinguishing your idea, your product or service from others that you're competing with, that would be enough differentiated to mark your good or service as being part of uh, that entrepreneurial process. Mm. And you're teaching this course in the College of Business. That's right. And are there, I would think there's opportunities for students outside the College of Business to take this course. Is that an option for them? If they are interested, can they sign up for this? Or do they have well, to be Well, I will range? admit, right now, our upper-level entrepreneurial course, which is 448, it is for College of Business students. 
interestingly, three non-business students snuck into that course this oh, semester. So we did not kick them out. <laughs> They're still in the course. So it is open to non-business majors. We are also now creating a non-business majors version of entrepreneurship, and that will be launched this fall. That will be a 200-level course, and that will be open to all UM students. Very cool. And there was a workshop this weekend. There was. Talk we had about, a yeah. Talk about this workshop. What what was going on at this workshop? I'm guessing this was open to everybody and anybody. This was a workshop for MBA students and a few undergraduate students. Okay. And we did also have three students from UM Western uh, attend. So thank you to Professor Christian Gildy for bringing those students up cool. to Missoula. So we had a very intensive period, which started Friday at 6 p.m. and extended all day Saturday. And then we ended Sunday at 12 p.m. And the idea would be to take an idea itself that the students would come in with and then generate a business plan based on that idea. Mm. So very often as entrepreneurs, we come up with an idea, and usually it's because of our experience. It may be something that strikes us at a moment where we're dealing with a problem, and we have that aha moment, that eureka moment, where we think, of, well, here's an interesting product idea or a business idea. And quite often we end there. So the goal of this workshop was to take that idea and move it to launch phase. Hmm. So beginning to think about not just the product or service, but also the company. So when you're an entrepreneur, you're actually creating or building two things. You're building a product, could be a good or service, but you're also building the company. And quite often we forget about the company part, even though it's the whole point, right, of being an entrepreneur is launching a new startup and a new business. So the purpose of this workshop was to work through the company building component. The fun part of entrepreneurship is generating the creative ideas to come up with that new and different product or service and then the purpose of this workshop is to push that idea toward launch. So we begin to work on things like your business model, your marketing model, uh, mm -hmm. things like how are you gonna generate revenue, what's your price point? Beginning to develop the financial model, begin to think about sales over time, and prepare for launch. Beginning to think about what's the usefulness and value of your product, everything that you would need to put into a business plan to share with others. That sounds really beneficial if you have an idea and you don't quite know, you know, you know A and B, but you don't know C, D, E, F. And okay, well, here's, here are the next steps. Or you think, well, the next step is Z. Like, well, before you spend 10 grand on a logo, let's do these three things first. That's exactly right. And beginning to think about what can I build out right now before the actual launch? How can I provide additional evidence that this idea could have value? So quite often we think, or we'll ask, is my idea a good idea? And I've had students ask me, is this a good idea? And we all as entrepreneurs want to get some validation that this is a good idea. So we might ask our parents, what do you think about this idea? Our friends, is this a good idea? We know there's bias built into how friends and family and others are gonna answer that question. They're probably gonna say, well, that's a pretty good idea. Yeah. So part of what we need to do is test that assumption. Is this a good idea? And it turns out that really isn't the right question. The question shouldn't be, is this a good idea? question really is, is this idea a valuable idea? Does it create value potentially for some user or consumer in the market? And we need to begin to create some evidence for that, generate and support that evidence before we launch as much as we can. So part of that is just talking with potential users, getting their feedback. And then if we develop that product or service appropriately, we're taking that feedback and incorporating that into our development process and making sure that we are creating value when we launch. Yeah. And the value side, can you find that out 
early. How do, how do you help students and entrepreneurs do that? The best way to establish a value is to see if someone's willing to pay for your good or service. Mm-hmm. And that's the tricky part of entrepreneurship and startups. And the whole point of business is establishing enough value, enough use for your product or service that someone's willing to pay for it. Mm-hmm. In fact, if I go back to my background in economics, we talk about markets as being supply and demand. So quite often, as entrepreneurs, we're comfortable with the supply side of the market. We're builders, we're creators, we're combining resources, we're taking ingredients, and we're building out those ingredients in a new and different way. That's an important part of entrepreneurship. The demand part, however, is where we establish demand. Is that new and different thing we've created providing satisfaction or usefulness or utility to somewhere in the, to someone somewhere in the economy? The way we ultimately establish that value is by someone willing to pay for that product or service. So demand has another name in economics. It's called the willingness to pay curve. Mm. So how do you establish whether or not someone's willing to pay? The ultimate judge of this and the ultimate verification is someone actually paying for your product. So that's the point of launching. Yeah. So how do you reduce the risk of launching and discovering later on, well, maybe I was focusing on the wrong thing? because we don't know if it's a good idea. Nobody knows if it's a good idea. The only way you can determine if it's a good idea is if you're able to sell it. So ultimately, who's deciding if it's a good idea or not, it has value, that's the market. What we can do is try to get user feedback before we launch, as much user feedback as we can get. So as we're designing, building out our new product, can we do this in a low risk way? And we can begin to talk to people. Well, that's one way we can get user feedback. And not just asking, do you think this is a good idea, but are you facing this problem? Mm -hmm. If you are, have you tried other solutions? If you've tried a solution, what did you like about it? What didn't you like about it? And then you begin to, you know, you begin to understand, well, maybe my product isn't really dealing with the real problem that I think my users are facing, or maybe my solution, it's already being done. Maybe I need to tweak that in a slightly different way. So in that way, you are establishing at least a little bit of feedback and you're trying to validate that idea before that official launch. So customer discovery, and there are books that have been written about this, just talking to people. The the phrase that's often used, get out of the building. Get out of your office, go talk to people, go talk to your customers. Find out if the problem you think they're having is that actual problem they're having. If not, you've done a lot of great discovery work that's gonna help you figuring out whether or not this idea is gonna be valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that quote. I forget who said it. I think it was the somebody from Atlassian. But yeah, how do we know what our customers want? Like, well, have you thought to ask them? Have you thought to <laughs> ask right. them a question? And I would also say, yep, making sure that someone's willing to pay for the idea that you're building. Um, the caveat might be a stranger is willing to pay. You know, your aunt is probably excited to s- sign up, subscribe, but will a stranger pay you real dollars to? Yeah, that product. doesn't mean don't reach out to your aunts and uncles and your grandparents and parents. They might be the ones who help launch your business, That's but right. you're right. Some to truly validate your here. idea and to show growth and traction, yeah, that's that unknown buyer who sees so much value that they're willing to pay for it. Yeah. That's truly when you would realize growth. And you're not coming at this problem from, oh, I, I read this in a textbook and I've read these books. You've been part of startups yourself and have experienced the highs and lows, the failures and successes. So you're talking from experience and you're teaching from experience can you help some of our listeners and you know understand like what what are some of those things and that you've worked on and what are some of the 
things that you've learned maybe the hard way. So I have to put this in the context. Yeah. I've taught economics for 15 years now. Before I launched a startup full-time, I had taught economics for 10 years, taught business courses, taught courses on leadership, communication, entrepreneurship. Now when you dive into the real world doing startups and entrepreneurship, it's a completely different experience. Mm. So we, as a startup, made every possible mistake you can make in the startup world. As I mentioned earlier, I think we invented new mistakes <laughs> that we then made. So part of what you begin to learn is that if you don't begin to talk to your customer and build your product with their input, you're really not sure what you're building that's gonna have value. And we teach that, but it's very difficult to put that into action when you're actually in a startup and you're doing that entrepreneurial thing that defines you know, the startup world. So it's very easy to fall into that trap of building your product and think if I just built it a little bit better, I would solve the marketing sales challenge, which would be demand. Well, that's falling into the trap of thinking supply is going to determine or somehow ensure demand. That usually is not the case, right? So you'll often hear, build it and they will come or this will sell itself. Very difficult to make that work in a startup world. You need to spend as much time on the sales and marketing front and almost treat that as an engineering challenge, right? We need to engineer a sales and marketing strategy based on our product and incorporate that into our development process. Otherwise, we may be building a, the wrong thing. And then also beginning to get feedback that is a little bit unbiased, however we can do that. And that is reaching out to clients you haven't talked before, getting their feedback. So that would be one of the main challenges I think every startup faces. There is the product challenge in developing that new and different product that's interesting enough for someone to pay you for. That is critical. But on the other side of that, which is kind of a different challenge and problem, how do you generate demand and begin to figure out the engineering solution to marketing and sales? Mm -hmm. um, a successful Missoula business person once told me, build product, get customers. Those two things. Everything else is noise, like build product, get new customers. Um, and as true as that is, it, it does, the shiny object syndrome gets, you know, it's, it's a real thing when you start looking at, oh, what about this new feature? Or what about this market over here? And, or maybe our logo needs a redesign. I keep coming back to logos, but I just think startups <laughs> spend a lot of time on logos when they should. Good marketing. <laughs> yeah. Good marketing, maybe. Um, yeah, and if I can just mention, yeah. build products, get customers. That is absolutely true, right? That's the market. We have supply and demand, build product, get customers. It's not necessarily linear, hmm. and those two probably have to be developed simultaneously. So that right. build a product is ha gonna have to be informed by what the customer wants, what that end user wants at some level. And yeah. you may understand unconsciously what you think that customer wants. Either you've experienced that challenge, you've seen others experience that challenge, there's a problem or pain point that you're responding to. So at some level, you understand that you have a solution that could have value. But as you develop that product, we need to get that customer feedback immediately. And we define that person as a customer. They may not have paid for anything yet, but they will be an end user. So to mm -hmm. get their feedback and develop those simultaneously, that really is the way to develop a product where you know it's at least responding to what the needs of the customer might be. And you're also establishing you know, some contacts with customers to make sure that they would be interested in buying what you're producing. Right, right. The Business Startup Challenge. Should we pivot to talk about the Business Startup Challenge? Why wouldn't we? Let's do it. This is uh, such a cool event. Um, you know, I participated in 2015. I've attended, I think, every live 
every live challenge since then, of course, a couple of years in the p- pandemic, we, we took off. Um, but talk to us about your role and sort of how, how you're rethinking this, this competition and what folks can, can look forward to this year. So my role on campus is the director of the entrepreneurship program. And part of entrepreneurship on campus is the John Rafana Startup Challenge. It's one of the oldest startup challenges in the United States, launched in 1989. Uh, I talked recently to one of the founders of the competition, Larry Gaiachetta, and Larry said the original reason why they launched was to promote economic development, economic growth around the state, which obviously was interesting to me with an economics background. So part of the mission of this startup challenge is to expose students to this idea of building something new that has value for the community. Part of that, again, is coming up with a new idea, and we'd like to expose students to that process of being creative, coming up with something new and different, and then attaching that to a need that they may see in the community. So our goal this year is to get back to our roots a little bit. We do see this as being a direct connector to economic growth and development. A term that's often being used now in entrepreneurship is creating ecosystems of entrepreneurship. We know higher education is a critical condition of entrepreneurship, economic growth, regional economic innovation, regional innovation systems. So we see the John Raffato Challenge as being an important part of promoting that type of entrepreneurship around the state. So one of our goals is to expose as many UM students to this general idea of entrepreneurship as possible and to show them anybody can do this, like we talked about earlier. As long as you have an idea or you're willing to think of a slightly different idea, we're going to help you with the process of moving toward launch. And that's really the goal of the Rafato Startup Challenge, to give UM students that opportunity to think a little bit differently and satisfy maybe an unmet need or demand opportunity that they see in a community or larger economy. Sell me on sort of why I should attend this event. That actual day of the event, which is April 28th, is an all-day event for those top 10 contestants. So they're going to be pitching their ideas to panels of judges all day. So we're going to put them through the paces. The top four teams will then go on to a final pitch competition at 5 p.m. on the 28th. That's when things get really interesting, really fun. We're going to try to make that event as engaging, as entertaining as possible. We'll be working with the UMEM uh, group, and we've been working with students on campus to develop an entertaining event. So there's going to be music, uh, there's going to be video, and then we're also going to have the top four teams pitch their ideas. So they will get between five and ten minutes to pitch their ideas. They're going to get feedback from judges. We're bringing in some celebrity judges right now. So part of the main aspect of the competition is showcasing these ideas, allowing these very talented students to showcase their ideas, and then also getting some feedback from judges who have gone through the process, that kind of know the trials and tribulations that startups face. So that in itself will have value for students, and it's entertaining for yeah. you know, the audience to watch that type of thing. Yeah, definitely live uh, pitch competitions. That's well, imagine cool. Shark Tank for students all happening right in front of your eyes. Yeah, real time, get to see these ideas. And these are not just oh, I worked on this project last weekend and now I'm presenting it. Some of these businesses go on and do some pretty great things. Well, they do. Yeah. Five on Black is a business yeah. that emerged out of this competition. Uh, Market on Front, um, that's another type of business. So there's been quite a bit of real success that's come out of this competition. And the the you know the top prizes, they get a blue ribbon, a silver ribbon, or what? Not only do we get blue ribbons, okay. but in the spirit of Shark Tank, there's real money. Real money, very cool. So the prize package in total is $50,000. 
that includes a top four. So the top prize, which will be won by a UM student, is $15,000. Wow. We do also have other cash prizes. Then we have individual awards for some of the talents that our students are showcasing. So there is an award for best presentation. Um, we also have awards for things like, um, well, I won't go into that. We'll sure, that sure. Cool. Well, sounds certainly like an event, uh, an event to not be missed. It's something that engages the community. It's something that's meant to, again, showcase, I think, some of the creativity of our students and a very interesting application of creativity, which is creating value for the community. So that's the whole goal, uh, we believe, of entrepreneurship and programs like this on our campus. If we can connect our individual ability to be creative with something that creates value for the larger community, which I would argue that's what business is all about, I think we've achieved our goal with the Startup Challenge. Any, anything I didn't ask that you were wishing I was asking about the, the Rafado business plan or business startup competition? That's a great question. I can't think of anything right now. Okay. Yeah, we'll make sure to include a lot of info in the show notes about you know the, the <laughs> link to the to the competition to how to sign up and um, Eric, I'm really excited to you know have you in this role. I think it's a it's a critical role both for the university and for Missoula uh, to just help entrepreneurs get these things off the ground because it, it does take a village. It takes a community uh, to to get you know to sometimes support these ideas and to help a uh, uh, a founder, you know, find their find their legs and build a foundation underneath them. So, thank you for the work you're doing. You bet. And I think one thing that I'd like to mention when we use that word entrepreneurship and entrepreneur, it's usually we think of the individual entrepreneur. But to your point, it takes a village. It's very rare that one person is successful in the startup world. It depends on the team number one that's part of that startup, and combining different skills and maybe abilities. It's also the mentors that we match up with startups, uh, those who provide some expertise and background. And I think the term that I always go back to when I think about successful startups and entrepreneurship is this idea of group genius. So Keith Sawyer has this interesting idea of where genius ideas come from. It you know, can come from an individual, and the individual creator is a source of ideas, but it's where you begin to brainstorm ideas, you begin to think about where an idea could go, that's really where that idea of group genius, I think, has so much power and impact. So that's exactly what we're trying to create with the Rafato Challenge, this community of support, bringing students in, connecting them with other students, helping evolve their ideas, push their ideas forward to launch, and also helping them understand failure is part of this process. So the fact that they may compete in this process, and maybe they don't get to the top 10, we do provide feedback, we provide guidance, and as long as students are willing to follow that process, I think that's ultimately what we hope students to get out of this, to expose them to entrepreneurship and that notion of growing, working with others, and developing valuable ideas. Eric, thanks again for your time. This has been awesome. Um, and yeah, we, well, I'm sure we'll talk soon. Well, thank you so much, Kyle. I appreciate that. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode with Eric. If you're interested in attending the Business Startup Challenge, we'll link to the free event in our show notes. Thank you for listening.